1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
0: Big week here in Twins territory. We visited with Dave St. Peter an hour ago, Twins president, about all the festivities. And speaking of the Twins... Uh, he covers them for the Athletic. Dan Hayes joins us here on News Talk, e three O W wcco Dan, good to visit with you.
2: Hey, good to talk to you too, Steve.
0: Yeah, the big, big week cranking up. Uh, uh, Twins Winter Caravan, some of the players are going to be out and about, and then uh, they gather for the Diamond Awards and uh, Twins Fest festivities, and then they count down to pitchers and catchers. This this really is kind of the, the big kickoff week for the twenty four season for the Twins.
2: Well, yeah, it is. And it's nice to have some activity, but uh, I, you know, one thing we uh, got to mention even before that, um, you know, Joe Maurer's Hall of Fame uh, chances are going to be announced Tuesday too. So, and that honestly has been sort of the the twins story this off season, because there has not been much going on with this team right now waiting for the TV deal to be, or the broadcast deal, I should say, uh, to get settled. We're still, waiting for that to happen. Um, and it's definitely affected how they have uh, made their moves this, this off season, because they've made one at this point, adding Josh Stallman, Um as release pitcher, Josh Stallmont And I think he got a million bucks or, or just shy of a million bucks. When you uh, talk about um, off season additions, it's not uh, that, that's not a great one to hang your hat on as your, your big move. Um, if it works out, it could be a nice move, but we're talking about, you know, a guy that could be your second or third best reliever if he panned out, uh, you know, that that's like the the 99 percentile outcome. He could be maybe your second or third best reliever. So not a whole lot having gone on. And so having some some activity this week to uh, finally, you know, get going is nice because pitchers and catchers, like you said, it's not very far away.
0: Yeah, and, you know, Dan, you, you bring up a great point because there, there was a big loss, and that was a guy at the top of their rotation in Sonny Gray signed with, with the St. Louis Cardinals. And visiting with Twins fans, there's a fair amount of frustration because it's not, it's not like he got five years and $200 million. It, it was by today's standard. Now, granted, he's past 30 years old, et cetera, but seemed like a reasonable deal. And now he's downriver with the St. Louis Cardinals in the National League, and they haven't really found anyone now that they have some trade chips and Polanco and Kepler, et cetera, and there's still plenty of time to make moves. But, yeah, you, you're, you're right. Gray is gone. My is signed in Detroit. But, you know, lose, losing Sonny Gray, that is a big blow.
2: It is. It is. Frankly, it's not a contract I would have given him uh, myself. I, I don't sure. think giving, you know, just – it, it was totally a reasonable price, um, but given his injury history, i just don 't like giving a guy who 's going to be thirty five next season a three year deal at twenty five million a year, especially look when, and, and let 's just put this all under the um, dealing with the self imposed limitations that the twins have with their budget right with their payroll budget they can 't have a guy make twenty five million bucks um, who 's that old and and have him miss um, seven to 10 starts and go on the IL three times like he did in 2022. I think that's too much of a gamble with him. And I think when they were looking at him, I think around a $40 million deal for two years, somewhere in that 40 to 45 million range probably would have worked if they'd given up two years. I think they could have taken that, but I just, I don't think they had any interest um, in taking the risk on that third year, especially given the way his 2022 unfolded And, and, there were a lot of factors that went into that. He started really late with his preparation because he expected the lockout to go late into the summer. He was an MLB Players Association rep for his team, the Reds at the time, and had some inside info, and he thought they might be sitting out the summer. He started that throwing program late, and it set him back a whole year. And And granted, that that's a big deal to, to just start throwing basically four days before the lockout ended. And we know how quick that turnaround was. It was 28 days later the season started after the lockout ended. Um, however, you know, he's never been a guy, like last year was the most innings he'd thrown since 2015, and it was 184, which is a really good number, and he was outstanding for 184 innings, and it's going to be extremely hard for them to replace it. I just think when it came to making the move on him, I you know, I I, I think it's more, there are some Twins fans frustrated, but I think there's more recognition that it was probably let's go out and get a different pitcher. And they need to do that. They still need to solve the the pitching um, kind of puzzle because I love what Chris Paddock showed them in September and October. They expect him to step in and be part of the rotation. Can he do much more than Kenta Maeda last year? I don't know. And Kenta Maeda, I think, was 121 innings. If they got 120 innings out of Chris Paddock at the high level they expect, they can do a good job of replacing Sonny Gray, but then, the, then you have to come back to replacing Gray's workload and then replacing Kenta Maeda, too. And, and so you need to get somebody at this point. Um, I, I think that they, on paper, are a very good team. I mean, we're, you, lose, you lose Sonny Gray, um, but when you think about what they have right now, they mostly have the team back that they were playing in the playoffs. Um, that's the only guy that's really key from that group that's missing is Sonny Gray. And everybody else is, is back. Joey Gallo, they were going to lose that money no matter what uh, that he wasn't coming back Michael Taylor. He played a a significant role. I think they think that they can fill that role with some younger guys. It's going to be a little bit of a, a gamble. They also think Byron Buxton can play center field, which is always a risk, right? But, Um, They think that he can do something he didn't do last year. So where they are right now, I mean, it's not dissimilar from where they were in October with the exception of gray. If you can solve that, it it should be something. I mean, they're, they're predicted to easily win the division right now. I think Las Vegas has them 12 to 13 games better than second place team. Um, Maybe, maybe it's eight, maybe Cleveland's at 77 wins, but the twins are projected for 85 wins right now without that pitcher. So, they 're in a pretty good spot with a lot of young players, um, and the trade market just hasn 't really materialized the way that they were hoping because it 's pretty clear that they do need to trade an infielder whether it 's polanco or or Kyle farmer um, they're, They just have a lot of infield depth and they could use some help in the outfield they could use help as starting pitcher and and it just hasn 't happened yet, and I think they 're really willing to wait this out because. They're just not going to dump those salaries and trades. You know, let Atlanta come in and take Polanco off the books so that they can go spend 10 million elsewhere. They they want to do need for need trades, and that's taking longer to kind of uh, happen than they they hoped for.
0: Yeah, you you brought up Polanco. You brought up Farmer who reached a arbitration a deal. So certainly, affordable. Another club would be willing to take that on. He he seems to be valuable, though and a valuable guy to have around. I really liked the move when they brought him in, and he, he certainly paid dividends, and he is a good insurance policy because uh, b- before Carlos Correa landed back in the Twins' lap, so to speak, Farmer was kind of the, the other option at shortstop going into 23.
2: Yeah, and, and you know, I think he really got sidetracked in the first half when he got hit in the, the face with the yep. pitch, but his second-half production was pretty good. I think he was, you know... Above a 750 OPS, and he, he's a steady guy at shortstop. He's not an outstanding defender by any means. He's probably a little a tick below average when it comes to the defensive side, but solid enough to put out there. And uh, you know, he's they're getting him at six million dollars. He's extremely valuable. But I also think with the way their li- their uh, their rosters compressed, that they wouldn't at all have a problem maybe putting Royce Lewis out there, and if Correa had an extended absence at shortstop and and knowing that, you think, okay, well, then where does Farmer really fit? And they do need the right-handed bat. There's no question on that. Um, I think they just need it in the outfield. You know, they need it yeah. in the corner or, or center field. And, and so, um, but beyond, you know, both he and Polanco are the kind of guys that you want around this club. And that's what's tough about this is that they are outstanding, um, you know, beyond their play. And And that's why I think when we were in, Denver at the end of the season that's Rocco picked two managers to co-manage the game uh, and it was it was Polanco and and Kyle farmer and you know it's because both those guys mean so much in the clubhouse, let alone the fact that you know Polanco being a switch hitter at the top of that lineup yeah. you you can put him in that second spot and it doesn't matter it it's a opposing manager's nightmare matchup nightmare to have a a really good switch hitting batter in that second spot because it's impossible to match up the bullpen late in games when you're whether it's a righty or a lefty coming in. And uh, Polanco can do that, and he can hit with power. Um, you'd love to have those guys around for the long haul. It's just that you got so many young kids who come in and, and perform well that it's it's kind of hard to find space for them because you know you need Edward Julian in that lineup every day. We saw what he and Royce Lewis can do uh, late in the season in the postseason those two guys are the kind of guys you want to build around and they're young and, and, you know, very exciting players. So they, you got to make the space for them. And, and, uh, that's where the twins are right now.
0: And then, uh, Max Kepler is another name that's come up. Uh, the, the number one, the market for Max Kepler, what you would get in return, uh, you know, the, the odds, there's a move, the odds that he's with the club when they come north.
2: Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I still think they think they would get some good value for, if they trade any of those three guys, they're going to get back something they believe helps them on the field this year. Um, they're not going to trade for prospects. And like I said, they don't want to do salary dump.
0: Gotcha. They
2: think all three of those guys can, can really help them regardless. And and look, when you look at the outfield right now, I mean, I don't know that I would move on from Max Kepler unless I had another outfielder ready to come in, because you don't know what you're going to get from Kirilov, Uh and, and he's more first base anyways, you really don't have you. You have Walner. You have Buxton, who you want to play center field, but you don't know that he's going to be able to play. Um, and then you're looking at Nick Gordon and Willie Castro and Austin Martin and uh, Trevor Larnick, and and it's not as sound of a group, I would say, um, as as if you had Kepler. So and Max Kepler, you know, in talking to Correa down the stretch. I, I was asking about who was the uh, team MVP and we we're having a discussion for a couple of minutes about it. And, you know, there was no clear cut position player and, and that's why Sonny Gray ended up being the team MVP. And he'll get that honor at the diamond awards on Thursday, but um, Correa said Kepler, and that's a huge turnaround for Max Kepler to be high on the list because the year before he was so disappointing with his injuries, you know, he he had never been injured before. Um, and even earlier than last year, he was, you know, he was pretty disappointing through April, through May, and, and into early June, and then he just clicked, and and he became probably their most steady position player. So I, I think that they will get some value if they decide to trade him, but you know, you got to have a replacement ready to go for him if you were to trade him.
0: Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up, Dan, because th- there was a lot of chatter, you know, about him just being designated for assignment that you know maybe he's cooked and he can't play anymore and you're right he he was a big part of what they did in the second half on the way to winning the division and then ultimately winning the wild card series you know he turned it around as much as anybody
2: oh yeah I mean honestly I I was in Tampa Bay the night they they lost on a walk-off it was two to one they lost on the walk-off I think a Rosarena hit a home run off Duran but Royce Lewis had had a game tying single in the ninth inning after Michael Taylor stole third base and Kepler was on first base and should have stolen second, could have walked in the second that Royce Lewis hit then instead would become a go ahead two run single, uh, and and Kepler got reamed by by uh, Rocco Baldelli afterwards and and honestly Kepler did not have a lot of fans in the building at that time. Um, they, like I, I you got to give credit Derek Falvey was very adamant that there was still a good ball player in Max Kepler and the Twins were going to unlock it. Honestly, there were probably less than a handful of people in the building that felt that way. And wow. and uh, for him to turn it around the way he did was pretty incredible. Um, he was an asset. He had fun. It was infectious. Guys loved seeing him have fun because it was – you know, he, he had had fun in the past. You, I remember during the 30 home run season um, in 2019, he was pretty emotional and show like – showed some some maybe emotion that nobody had seen before. It kind of unlocked it, and it had gone away the last couple of years, and he just didn't look like he was having as much fun. This year it was completely the opposite, and I think guys really enjoyed that.
0: Well, it's one worth watching for sure. Dan, great job. Lo- love the work you do for The Athletic. And uh, your thoughts, Joe Maurer, you brought it up right at the top. Uh, it sure seems like he's going to get the call to the hall on Tuesday night.
2: Yeah, I, look, I, I don't, uh, I don't like to make predictions, but I would say that, uh, if you can get some, uh, refundable plans for, uh, Cooperstown, uh, you know, I, but you're probably not going to need to get that refund. I'm, you know, I'm expecting him to get in. He's at 84.2% right now. 48% of the estimated ballots that are out there are in, um, or have been made public. They're all in. They were all put in by a, December 31st, but um, of the ones been revealed, he's doing extremely well. And, you know, everybody suffers a drop-off from the public ballot amount. Uh, Adrian Beltran probably won't suffer much of a drop-off, but everybody else will. Um, even if he suffered a 7 to 10% drop-off, Joe Maurer's getting in. I think he can, if he was on 68% of the, the remaining votes, or, uh, yeah, 68% of the remaining votes out there right now, he would get into the hall of fame. So, um, with usually players drop off anywhere from like five to 7% on the private ballots. And so for him to drop off, like even 10 to 13% would be kind of unprecedented. And I would think that that makes him a pretty good candidate to get in.
0: Well, cool stuff. So we'll, we'll find out for sure Tuesday night. Hey, Dan, good to visit with you. Like I say, I really enjoy your work in the athletic and Uh, Here we go, another season uh, coming up quick.
2: Yep, absolutely. Thanks, Steve.
0: All right, there he is, Dan Hayes from The Athletic. Joining us on the John Schuster
1: Coldwell Banker Hotline. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way.